going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the member country music podcast uh another great week another great episode some more great music uh, my name is kyle corbus and i'm really excited uh to get the chance to uh hang out and uh, get to know uh this next guest here i've been listening to him for a while uh he recently made his uh, grand Ole opry debut and uh, he's got a number one song in texas today we get to welcome in uh, william beckman william thanks for coming to hang out with me man i appreciate it Super stoked to get to know you a little bit and uh, talk about everything you got going on because uh, you're awesome. So it'll be fun. Thanks for coming hang. Thank you, Kyle. I'm I'm happy to be here, man. For sure. So so uh, one thing that that I noticed off the jump is we're about the same age. I'm I'm going to turn 25 in, in about a month here and be 26 years old, and we're in totally different spots. You're doing all these really really cool things, and I'm just kind of doing this stuff in New Jersey, right? But no, man, uh, not dude, to belittle that at all. You're, you're doing great stuff, man. What are you talking about? You're Thanks, man. But but for me, like, so I, I kind of want to know where it starts, right? Because for you, uh, you have this very, um, uh, you know, old soul tone, which I love a lot, right? And, and um, you know, it's a very traditional sound, but it's, it's, it's kind of different. Like your story, I feel like might be a little bit different than most. So you're from Dario, Texas, right? Which- if, Right. If I if I um if I did well in geography class, which I didn't, but if I did, it's kind of that border town, right, between uh Texas Texas and and, and Mexico, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so um it's it's right on the border, and and uh, there's a, a a large stretch of the Rio Grande that uh, that touches Texas. So so the Mexican border in Texas is a is a long uh a long border, but Del Rio is kind of right in the middle. And, um, I mean, that's where I grew up my whole life. And, and, and because of that, it's just, my friends spoke Spanish. My family's all Hispanic. They speak Spanish. And, uh, and that had a big influence on me when I was growing up and learning how to sing and play guitar and stuff. Um, just because a a lot of the stuff that you were listening to was inevitably in Spanish and that's just how it is, man. That's pretty cool. Honestly, that's really cool. So, so are because your friends are speaking Spanish and because you have family that, that speaks Spanish, are you fluid or, or can you just kind of, it's like one of those no, things I'm, you can understand it. Uh, you know, I'm fluent. It, it takes me a little while to, uh, when I'm speaking Spanish, I mean, it, it, it my brain works a little bit faster, but, or, yeah. or not faster, but a little harder because I have to sort of translate what I'm trying to say and, and, and sort of figure it out. So I'd say like, man, like 85% fluent. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't say like a hundred percent, like I can, I can confidently do it, but, but yeah, man, I mean, I've, I've been speaking Spanish my whole life. So so what you're saying is you did pretty well in Spanish class in high school. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that was the one I, I got an A in. <laughs> there you go. The I love one. it. I love it. That's uh that, that's, that's really cool. And I, I think in terms of like musical influences, uh, that must be awesome because just like, you know, you know, you, you hear a lot of guys come out of Texas and, and there's, there's a lot of this traditional sounding music, which is awesome and stuff that I really hold close to my heart and that I love. But I think that for you, right? Like there was so much more than just that, that sound that you typically hear no matter, you know, wherever you are, you might be in the Texas area. So I, I feel like Mm -hmm. that probably broadened your horizons in terms of, like you said, like learning to play guitar and things of that nature. Yeah, man. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely have what I would consider a more, uh, traditionalist approach to, to, to playing music, specifically country music. Yeah. And I don't really, I think that a lot of that had to do with just the voice that I, that I was kind of given. 
mm-hmm. and it it fits that sort of style a little bit better than anything anything else. But uh, but yeah, like I I remember growing up in Del Rio, listening to uh, a a whole like it was it was a very broad playlist, you know. Sure. Like at that time, it was just what, kind of when Spotify was a thing, so you could stream whatever you wanted. But like we were listening to the Randy Rogers band, we were listening to a lot of Texas country. Me and my friends, we were also listening to a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of classic songs in Spanish, like Mexican mariachi songs. Yeah. Um, what they consider Norteño music, which is like Northern Mexican music, uh, kind of their equivalent to country music. Uh, but I was also listening to like classic stuff like George Strait and even further than that, um, you know, Willie Nelson and, and sure. Waylon Jennings and stuff. So I, I was always just absorbing anything that I thought I was listening to things that I thought were cool. And then uh, I was still I was still in high school and I was still fairly young. I didn't really start writing songs until I was like a senior in high school, and then I went off into college. And that and and in college is when I really started trying to uh, to write songs. But I remember at that time I was trying to figure it out, and I would take the little things that I liked from certain artists or certain songs, and I'd like sprinkle it into my own stuff and kind of take the best of what the the best. Uh, things that I liked about about you know I like George Strait for the way he's he sings you know and the way he yeah. delivers things but but you know uh I, I like this for the way it, it uh, you know the chord changes are whatever yeah. so I'd, it's really just kind of a, a melting pot of uh, all my influences really that that sum up what I do I that's think. awesome that's awesome and I always talk about I preach authenticity uh, I always have I always will mm-hmm. and um what I think is really cool is that like you know you've been listening to all this different type of music since you were a teenager, right? Probably younger mm-hmm. than that. And like, you're still taking that deep and you're still, you're still pulling those from different areas. And, and like, there might be a song that you haven't listened to in 10 years, but then all of a sudden, like you listen to it, and it takes you back and you're like, Oh, like I want to use this in my, in something I write. In, like when I write my next song, like I want to use this, this, this part of it. Right. Like, which I think is really cool. Um, overall so um i love that uh one thing that just popped up that i just thought about is so like i said we're around we're around the same age and and around the same time like you started listening to spotify i did too and i think about it right and like i'm from northern new jersey uh and um i grew up on a lot of classic rock right like i always say this like you know my dad raised me on on the spring season seegers and the ccrs of the world and and like those were the guys that i listened to growing up like my first ever record was born to run on cd right like i had my little CD um so so i think about the fact that like it, before like spotify and apple music you couldn't really branch out in terms of like your music taste because like whatever you had you had and like yeah i mean i i could go out and like buy buy a country record right but like if i didn't like it that was a waste right like like how would mm-hmm. i know um so like i don't know if i necessarily did that but i think it's cool that like you know, like you were listening to all this stuff with your, with your buddies. And like, you were also able to explore your own music taste to to influence your own. Um, and, and like, that's like the power of streaming, which I think is like the coolest thing is like the, the world is endless at that point. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, a, a, a long time ago, I was, I was hanging out with a friend of mine in, uh, in Nashville. We were talking about that, th- the same, same thing, just saying like, isn't it crazy how much music is out there now on the internet, you know, on Spotify and stuff. And he's like, and it's crazy to think that 
you will never have enough time to like listen to all of the things. Like think of all the songs that you know that you would love that you'll never get to listen to yeah. because there's just so much of it out there. I mean, right. before, if you didn't, if you weren't selling seat, like if you weren't printing records and, and somehow getting them on like shelves and record stores or, you know, like it, it really, you really didn't really have a chance to, to listen to them. So uh, yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's, it's crazy, man. Streaming is a, is definitely opened up a lot of doors for people yeah. uh, just to get it out there, man. I mean, anybody all over the world could, could, uh, could just look you up and listen to your music, which is, which is pretty insane. I think that that's, that's incredible. And like, there's obviously pros and cons to it all, right? Like I'm a big vinyl guy, so I love to actually listen to actual physical vinyl, but mm-hmm. I mean, you're hundred percent correct. Like there's so many songs that could just get lost in the black hole uh, if it wasn't for streaming, because you weren't putting those, if you weren't putting those records on the shelves, like half the record was not getting listened to. So, so there's so many things that could have gotten lost, which I think it's really cool that, that we have that ability to, to reach it now. And, and you're totally right. Like as a guy who listens to a ton of music and takes pride in the fact that someone texts me a song and goes, have you listened to this? And the answer is probably yes. Like there's so much music that I, that I have never touched. And, and like that, I, that I won't listen to in like the next week or two weeks or whatever it might be. And, that's crazy to think about. It's yeah. I, I bet you like album reviews have probably gotten a little bit more like lenient, you know, like if you listen to a, a record and you're like, oh, this is kind of a crappy record. Yeah. It doesn't matter because you just streamed it. But if you like went back in the day, like if you went out and bought like a $25 album and you like ran home and put it on, and you're like, man, this sucks. You'd be, you'd be probably pissed that you spent all that money. On yeah, the because record. you listen to every <laughs> damn second of it. Because you listen to every second of it, right? And then you're yeah, just like, damn, you know? this sucks. I just wasted, yeah. you know, an hour of my exactly. life listening to this. I feel like I feel like the write-ups were were a lot harsher back then, probably. I bet but, they uh, were. You know, you know, it's funny you say that. I just watched uh, the movie. Actually, I'm very ashamed to say this, but I just watched the movie Almost Famous for the first time like last week. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's really bad. I'm a big movie guy, so the fact that I just never got around to it was crazy. But like the whole premise is that is that he's writing for Rolling Stone, right? And like he's right. you got to decide to be the enemy and be honest, or you know you know, write the the story for the band that he's a fan of and that he loves. And I think about it and I'm like, man, like, you know, like the the power is at his fingertips. And you're right. Like he could have just totally ripped him if he wanted to. But yeah, you know, whatever. I don't want to give the movie away if anyone's listening, but great movie. I loved it. It was awesome. Um, it, it, was, it was really great. But um, so in, in terms of streaming, right, like your streaming numbers have gone up immensely, you know, over the last year, maybe more. Um, you know, there's, there's some things to, to welcome that, but, um, you know, what is, how does that feel for you to, to, you know, be a guy from Del Rio, Texas and like, you know, you have thousands and thousands of people listening to your songs and, and, you know, there's gotta be, and you know, you, you haven't reached the top in, in terms of, you know, your success, No, no. but like no, you're, no. God, you're, no. you're on your way. Like the, the train is moving, which is great. And like, there's gotta be some sort of, uh, you know factor to it where you're like man this is really cool because like you got some random dude from new jersey streaming the hell out of your songs like like thank you right here right but then there's there's so many other people that are doing the same thing and that's that's got to be awesome for you yeah man i'll tell you just you you saying the train moving i mean that's a perfect uh, way to put it uh the train's moving and and that's that's all anybody can ask for man I, i've got a great group of guys that that play in my band and uh a great band and crew like we're all we're all a family out on the road so going and doing the shows is is great 
And then, uh, you know, the fans too, people streaming the songs, like we're, we're playing some of these places and people are showing up and singing the songs, which is something I've always dreamt of, but uh, it, it, it's a pretty surreal moment still once, once it happens, you know, you've always sort of hoped that that would happen and, and imagined it in your head. But uh, when it really does, you're like, man, this is, this is amazing. These people actually know my songs by heart and they came and bought tickets to this show. So it's great, man. I, I also have quite a few friends in the music business who have been doing it longer than me and at a, at a, at a bigger level. So they, they, they're great mentors and I, I, you know, they lead by example and, and um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how, how they're doing it kind of thing. So uh, it, it's, it's, it's been awesome, man. Um, this, this last year was awesome. This year is going to be great. Uh, and, and, and I'm glad because everybody for obvious reasons had to, had to take, you know, a couple years off and, right. and nobody was touring and nobody was really doing much of anything. So it's, it's nice to feel like we're getting things done and that, uh, that we're active and, and moving towards a, a goal. Um, yeah. if that makes any sense. Totally. You know? I absolutely agree. Um, you know, speaking of big year. Dan, the start of mine, number one, Texas radio. Yeah. Can you believe that? That's my first one. Come it's on. Crazy. Come on. I mean, the song's a jam. Keep changing that is awesome. Song's a jam. I love it. Uh, Thank you know, you, you get that call. What are your first initial feelings? You know, like you said, it's your first one. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a, a something I, I owe a big thanks to, to all the, all the radio programmers in Texas spinning it. And, um, Man, I've always I always liked that song. I wrote that song with a friend of mine, uh, Nick Walsh in Nashville, and we wrote that song honestly like as a ballad. It was really slow, and um, and we wrote it. And I thought it was uh, lyrically, I thought it was very well written. I thought everything made sense and flowed really nicely. And then when it came time to to, I think actually what I did was I brought it to my band first. Uh, and I was like, hey, we should start throwing this song in our, our live set, even though it's not recorded. It's not out. You know, it's a song I wrote and I started playing it. I think my drummer was the one that said, dude, that song would be a lot cooler if you sped it up and like sure. played harmonica on it and made it like a Tom Petty kind of thing. I said, oh, that would be cool. So we just sped it up and I uh, came up with a little harmonica piece for it. And then and that's it became what it became. And then we went into the studio and recorded it and. And that was the first single off of this upcoming record, but uh, but yeah, man, I'm glad I'm glad uh, radio liked it. Uh, the fans already really seem to be enjoying that one, and sure. and there's more there's more where that came from. That's just the first single off this record. The, the yeah. next one comes out in a couple of days. Sure. So um, one thing I want to say really quick about that, and then I want to dive into this record. But um, the one thing I want to say is that uh, when I listened to that song for the first time, uh, the one thing that popped in my head. There's two things that popped in my head. And one of them was the fact that I was just, this, this is just a song that I could totally see just because I, I listen to my music really loud in the car. And this is one mm -hmm. of those songs that I can see it being. Uh, and then the second one was that, uh, that harmonica was totally Tom Petty, totally Springsteen. And it just, I, Dude, was, like, I was like off the money. Cause I, I actually just saw Springsteen like last week on Easter. And yeah. uh, so I was like, just kind of in this, uh, you know, classic rock mood. And I was, I was listening to your catalog again, just to, to kind of uh, prime myself. And I was like, damn, this harmonica really is like pretty prevalent. I love it. I think it's really yeah. cool. 
I'm a really yeah. big fan of harmonica, so I thought that it was a really cool piece to put in the song. I think it's I can. Yeah, and you know, my, my you know, my last record had a a cover of I'm on fire. I'm on fire. Yeah, yeah, and and that's fun. That the story about that is really kind of funny too because it was uh we did a couple of those songs off of that record, um, in Springfield, Missouri, out of all places, and and it was. It was still like in the in the in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, nobody was really going out and about or, or socializing at all. And I, uh, the the guy that I worked with on that on that record and this this upcoming record too, his name's Oren Thornton. He's a great producer, and he lives out in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, we couldn't get any studio time booked in Nashville. Like nothing, you couldn't get anything done. No bands were getting together. No, you couldn't get musicians in the same room. So I I drove to Springfield, Missouri, where he had a studio, and it, it was just me and him, man. And we did two songs. We we recorded a song called Thirty Miles, yeah. and then we did a, a cover of I'm on Fire. And, so cool. uh, it, and and both of those tracks off of that record, if you go back and listen to them, both of those tracks are just him and I. We overdubbed everything. So it's I mean, he played the drums. And I think the, ba uh, you know, he played the bass. I played all of the guitars, all of the piano parts. There's like some some keys in, in one of them. And then like at the end of I'm on Fire, there's a dueling guitar solo. And that's yeah. him and I. Like we over, we tracked everything. Wow, over, really? We, yeah, we just kept layering things. And then at the very end, like I had an electric guitar. And I, I think I had like this really cool, he has like this really cool uh, early 70s Les Paul. And he, uh, and that's what I was playing. And I think he was playing a Telecaster or something. So cool. And him and I, him and I were just doing this dual guitar thing. But we, anyway, we were just goofing around. We didn't really, I didn't even think I was ever going to put that out. I didn't, yeah. I didn't intentionally go to the studio and say, let's cut a, a version of I'm on fire. Sure. I think we were just trying to get sounds and that. And then we just ended well, up. It sounds great. Thing. It sounds great. As a guy who listens to Bruce's version of I'm on fire, I think I listen to this just as much because for me, it's like it's a different you. take on a song. You know what I mean? I love covers and I love, I love, uh, the uh, the life that a cover gives to an original song, and I think that's yeah. that's really cool that that you know you put that out and you you kind of uh, you know took that risk and 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 you know, I think it sounds great and it's really cool that that's you know some, you. some guys you listen to because obviously like I'm in the same boat so um, I, I I do think that that is awesome. So speaking of of records like you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, you got one coming out and uh, you know uh, brain fart damn this heart of mine is going to be yeah. a song on there and then. Uh, it's still January comes out on Friday as well. Uh, yes. The, the 21st great song. Um, really, really, really big fan. Um, kind of love the pacing of that one. So why don't you just talk about this project and, 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 and the song that, that'll, that'll come with it on Friday and, and, you know, all sure. Uh, you know, the project's going to be another seven song project. I like, I like, uh, sort of keeping my, my projects really, really small. Sure. Um, it's, it's easier for me as an artist to kind of, to uh to work on those but but yeah man this this group of songs uh, i'm really i'm really stoked for for them to be out there it's actually kind of a faster record you know there's a lot of tempo songs on there which is great because it's a really difficult thing to to write them and to yeah. uh and to find them so the fact that this record really i think hits hard is is something that is i think going to be good for for me and my shows to kind of lighten it up, like lift it up and make it more energetic. Um, but yeah, the first one was damn this heart of mine. 
And then the next one that's coming out in a couple days is uh, the only song off of this off of this record that I cut. So this is an outside song. Oh, cool. This song this song was written by Mr. Keith Gaddis, who's a friend of mine, and you know he wrote El Cerrito Place, yeah. Big City Blues. Um, uh, big fan of his, and and they pitched this song to me, man. I thought it was just the coolest thing. I love the concept. It's it's called It's Still January, and it talks about you know it's this guy who's who's uh, you know person left in in the month of January, and uh, even though all this time's going by, he's still stuck in this in this world in this in this month of January when she left, and and he can't really get get away from it. So it's cool, man. I I think it's a a really awesome song and um, and it and it hits it you know i i was thinking too uh you know january is one one month out of 12 and and you can interpret that however you however you want it you know i think a lot of people who may have lost people in the month of january whatever you you it's a it's a highly relatable relatable song i think so um I'm excited to have that one out. Yeah, I, I think you should be because I, you know, I like I said, I think it's great, and I, I think it is a great start to just kind of what this project's going to be. And I love that you that you decided to <clears throat> that you decided to keep the project small and, and kind of really focus on in on these seven songs mm-hmm. um, because it allows you to you know hyper focus and, and dive in on 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 what these seven songs mean to you and and who they make you as an artist. And I think that's uh, you know super important. And and I'm just really excited to hear the whole thing. I think it's going to be phenomenal and. And, um, you know, I'm excited for the, uh, for the world to hear this one that, that comes out on Friday. I think it'll, it'll be great. It'll be awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, I want to kind of want to close it out in this way. Um, and, and I think that this might be a, a good way to kind of wrap up this, this whole conversation here is you, you made your grand old Opry debut, oh, uh, man. you know, your journey may not be the same as everyone's or it might, you might find someone and your journey is very similar. You might find someone and your journey's not similar you're 26 years old play the grand Ole opry how great is that i mean come on man it, it i mean i'll tell you it's uh it's, it's it's an insane feeling man to be to be on that stage and to get the recognition to you know to even get invited is uh it was pretty insane and man i, I come from a small town uh who's always rooting for the underdog and um uh, my, I feel like uh, half of my hometown flew to Nashville for that. I mean, I had all kinds of friends and family that were in the audience, and um, you know, I, I, they that was ba- I did what I do, and and I was backstage, and they they told me that they definitely want to have me back. So hopefully, they they give me another call back. You're and, good. You're good. And, you know, that'd be awesome, man. It, it, but you know, all, all I can say it was it was everything I thought it'd be. It was everything I've, I've ever dreamt of it being, and. Uh, the people, the staff, man, at the Opry, they're so nice. And the hospitality is, it's insane. I mean, I, I'm just, a, I'm doing my debut. Nobody pro- nobody really knew who I was back there, man. But they treated everybody like superstars, man. And it was Incredible. the coolest, it was the coolest uh, experience Were you nervous? at all. You know what, man? That's the crazy thing is, I don't, I, I remember being like, abnormally calm yeah. like and, and it was crazy because the day before we did the opry i i had played the ryman uh i opened up for uh for the randy rogers band and for pat green who are friends of mine and they they uh happened to be playing the day before i did the opry so i pl- i opened the Ry- the show up at the ryman 
which is the original Grand Ole Opry. And then the, the following night, I played uh, I played the the Opry. So it was cool to get to do both of them sort of back yeah. to back. But I remember being side stage at the Ryman, like, man, this is pretty heavy. This is a big deal. And I was like really, really chill and calm, which was awesome. And then the next day uh, when we did the Opry, the same thing, man. I think I, think I was just I, – I think I had the perfect amount of confidence. Sure. And I, I didn't, I didn't, uh, yeah, you're ready, man. You've been working for this your whole life. You know, you know what you're doing. Like I, I kind of gave myself a little pep talk like that and then everything was fine. But you know what the funniest thing is, is a week later I was back in Texas and I was out on the road and, um, I was doing this little acoustic run with a couple friends of mine, Slade Coulter and Jacob Stelly. Cool. And we were in, we were in Waco, Texas, and we were playing this venue and after we kind of loaded in and did a sound check, there's a there's like an elementary school fairly close to the to where this venue is. And yeah. one of the one of the coaches there is like a big Texas music fan. Cool. And so he, he'll oftentimes uh, get in touch with the venue to see if the artists after sound check would be willing to to stop by the school and like entertain the kids. Nice. And we're talking elementary school kids. And we're like, you know, that's great. You know, sure. Let's, I'm thinking, man, that's job security. If I get these, if I get these kids to be fans of mine, you know, when they're little, then they'll grow up listening to my music. So I was, <laughs> I was about it. We were all about it. It's good. It's a, it's good, uh, good PR, you know, yeah. you to go to a school, entertain these kids. So we go, man. And, you know, walk into this classroom and it's all these little kids, all these elementary school kids, like sitting crisscross at applesauce on the floor and they have three stools and dude i was the most nervous I've that's ever so funny in my life. <laughs> and i don't know why man i don't know if it's just like looking at all these kids like all like just bug-eyed looking at you you know and, and <laughs> you know they, they they ask you silly questions man they have no filter you know it's like if, they, if you if you suck they're gonna tell you you suck they're brutally honest know, they're brutally I, mean, honest. I was trim i was i was trembling it was the funniest thing that a week That's before awesome. i was playing the opera and i was like i got this and then you know a it's week later the kids are brutally honest thing. dude the kids are brutally man. honest so good that's why. That's why when I walked off the stage, I was like, "Man, maybe I don't have. Maybe I. Maybe I'm like, I'm good. I don't get stage fright anymore." And then I did that. I was like, "Nope, it's still there. It just depends on what you're doing." The elementary school in Waco, Texas. I got you. It, it, it pulled the nerve string. I love it. I love it. Well, dude, thanks for coming hang out with me and talk a little bit about your journey and your, and your songs and 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 why you are where you are. And um, you know, I can't wait to 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 be following along for for uh, forever and seeing the next ten years how, how much of a megastar you are and how much you're Thank you, man. how much you're breaking records and 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 you know charting all the time. And I'm just I'm really excited to be along for the ride and and to see all the great things you got coming. And um, I'm stoked for this record and stoked for this song. So I think it'll all be great. But but uh, thanks for coming hang out with me. I appreciate it, man. Come back anytime. Kyle. Thank you so much, man. I'd love to, man. Of course. Everybody go follow William on Instagram uh, at William Beckman, all one word. Uh, you can go stream all his music wherever you stream music and um, go listen. It's still January. If you're listening now, it's out now and uh, stay tuned for that, for that new record. That's on its way too. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, go give William follow, go listen to his music, go, go do all the good things, support the artists, buy the merch, buy the music, go see a show, do all those good things. It helps everyone, um, you know, to, to, uh, to, to succeed this uh, neon dream and, and all the good things. But uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars. If you love the episode and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at 10 a.m. Central. Every 
listen to pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. It's there. Go stream it. Go share it uh, with all your friends and uh, do all the good things. Like I said, I'm Kyle Corbus. That's William Beckham. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 